Hey everybody, this is Shaman Hawk here with Elisa, and we are going to talk about different types of realities and how they really affect your life and your shamanic life and your everyday life. It's kind of a very expansive topic. It gets very, very deep. It's, it's actually the foundation of much of the work that she and I do when we're working with people during appointments. So we're going to try and keep this very, very extensive uh, topic down to short, almost shamanic bullet points. Let's use that term today. And uh, she's going to be asking me some questions and um, keeping it simple because I have a tendency to just wander off into all kinds of things. Go ahead. How would you like to start? Yeah. Hello, everybody. So, yeah, I think we can try to make it in 30 minutes. So, yeah, we will try to make this this time for this topic. And Hawk, I know that you talk a lot about these three levels of reality in your workshops. And I, yeah, I listened to you, to your explanations before. And, you know, it's, it was the first time that I heard about these three realities, you know, from any other shaman. So I would love if you can explain uh, these three levels to the people, what are they and how to identify them, you know, because sometimes the the reality we live uh, and how we identify ourselves can be very much uh, influenced, you know, by different factors and other realities parallel to our own personal, right? Yes, yes. Um, I start off with universal reality. And the universal reality is your physics and chemistry on just defined around the constant of the part of space in which you live at that time. And a lot of that's really dictated by our sun. And that's kind of like the, the constant and the foundation of the universal reality for our solar system, of course, which also affects the earth. Um, perceived reality. Perceived reality is how you think things are, what you think is real. And we can go right into um, how you grew up in your religious environment. You know, what's good, what's bad. And <clears throat> if everybody in your environment sees and does the same thing all the time, you look at your perceived reality and go, well, of course, this is real. This is how things are. But yet when you travel on the other side of the planet, you can see people doing something completely different that they think their gods and goddesses like, or this is right and wrong, and it's kind of a culture shock. But to them, that's the way it is, and they'll fight to the end for that. And then your accepted reality. Your accepted reality is how you act on your perceived reality. And going again with those two religious examples, this group A says, this is real, this is good, and this is bad. Group B says, no, it's not. So then group A is attacking group B because of their perceived realities. And the attacking and what they do to each side is their accepted reality. And your accepted reality is your actions confirming your perceived reality. These people are bad. We're going to punish them in the name of our God or whatever. And that's the accepted reality. Uh, <clears throat> so, yeah, then we have universal reality will be like we live in this planet, planet Earth, 
is detected by you know the solar system we live in the laws of gravity here so universal reality is actually the same for every human on this planet right yes every life form yeah every life form right okay then you have the perceived reality which be yeah your environment let's say uh how you grow up in which country so for example the perceived reality of myself is different from a person in japan for example because of the culture around us yeah the, the environment influences your perceived reality yeah and then you have the accepted reality which is let's say your personal reality can we say like how you act as an individual um once you uh, have the perceived reality of your environment and how you choose to act and live right yes yes mm -hmm. i see you know there's a as a chemical engineer you might appreciate this part but on the universal reality science believed that life was possible in a certain way you breathe in oxygen out but then when you go down to different depths of the ocean where oxygen doesn't exist there's life forms that are breathing gases that would kill the same species on the surface so mm -hmm. then it's kind of like did the universal reality change in those environments so it's something still i'm, I'm thinking about Mm, yeah, very interesting, I see. Okay. <laughs> okay, so we can say that for humans, let's say just, you know, the universal reality is the same. And then, of course, the perceived reality, I think, is so important mm, because it's most of yeah, our childhood beliefs, maybe the most of our trauma will get stored in the perceived reality or wounds and how we learn um, to move through life in our early childhood and early years of life, right? Is where yes. you perceive reality forms. It also guides your dreams, mm. your goals, your ambition. It can, it can actually confine your ambition because you may believe that these things that you want are not possible for people like you in that class system or background <clears throat> and this idea is just you know stupid to even try i see okay um so i think it's very important to check <laughs> your perceived reality often <laughs> actually it, it really is and when people like when we do these appointments with people and they 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 fit into the perceived reality of because they have the degree, because they have the business, because they have the marriage, the children, the right house and the right neighborhood, the perceived reality is they should be just wonderfully happy, but then they're not. Yeah. And that's where we go. This perceived reality doesn't resonate with their core truth. So that, that that's one of the biggest things that we work with is helping people into their individual reality, their, their, their core truth, which can be often very, very different than their perceived reality. Yeah. So perceived reality, we can name it also programming. A lot of pro, a lot of programming is involved in the perceived reality. Mm. 
because we have the perceived the program comes from many many forms to create the perceived reality i see okay yeah so um i have seen also like uh depending on the religious background of people you know then the perceived reality might be also might be much more uh, strong or deep in a way much more program you know um i don't know european cultures might have a perceived reality different than um i don't know um, arabic countries or asian countries so um i think there are some areas that have a very very strong perceived reality in their cultural and religious background it does and this happens you see a lot of signs of this in dealing with people in this when they could be refugees from one country and one culture seeking asylum in another country that's completely different yes and so let's say they they these refugees come from one place where this is really clear about how men act women act the role what's good and bad and then go to another country where it's just the opposite or many things are so different and so they go through their own position of trying to either hold on to the perceived reality and then they'll even their accepted reality becomes even more forceful to hold them in the perceived reality because that's the good thing to do which goes back into programming but then think about the children mm. they they're growing up in the new reality yeah going home to the first <laughs> the foundational reality and so these are the people that have a, a lot of problems and especially then if they start having mixed relationships yeah this child from this goes to this child from this and then the parents are you know from both sides you know yeah it can be a bit yeah complicated i think <laughs> yeah and so how was for you because i know that you had two very different backgrounds in your lineage that on one side you have a very uh, conservative christian background <laughs> And on the other side, you were on the Native American side. So I cannot imagine two more different <laughs> sides of your perceived reality, you know. So was it not a bit chaotic for you, <laughs> your whole childhood and learning process? And because, and there were also extremes and mixes of them, because on the, let's say the Christian white side, could also be very racist. Oh, okay. And then they're just like, you know, they had all kinds of names for the uh <laughs> indigenous population, the native americans. And then on the red side, that you know, could be also very racist and very hateful of the conquering colonists. Mm. But then there were the mixes in between where you also had the white non-christian pagans and then you had the converted native american christians. So and each one of them was right. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, 
Yeah, so how how did you do to choose find your own accepted reality and be on your core, you know, and to say, okay, this is true for me, this is right. Right. And this is where my shamanic training through my apprenticeship it saved my sanity. Mm. Because in looking around in nature, the deer has a completely different reality than the puma or the bear, you know. And all of those realities are valid. You know, they're, they, they work for that species, that consciousness, you know, and humans, while being in the same species, because of our panoramic uh, consciousness, and we have the choice to be expansively conscious and in our perceptions or be very narrow-minded so i chose the awe and amazement of the panoramic expanded consciousness and to do that i had to lose the weight of a lot of perceived realities and the the real work was checking myself because i would watch my accepted reality you know was showing evidence that i still had splinters of the perceived reality that was non-productive you know to my growth mm. so, so looking at people and then already made you know think, oh this is what will happen these these people wait a minute how do i know that that person could be di totally different see so that's what you really check is you have to watch your accepted reality and your actions that's the truth of your perceived reality Mm, yeah. So it's also about asking yourself if if is this perceived reality like uh, blocking me, impeding my growth, or or is helping me. So like stepping a bit outside of yourself and um, you know recognize yourself acting according to that perceived reality. So it's like okay, is this really my truth? I am growing spiritually and mentally with this, or is just limiting myself? You know exactly and a good exercise people can use even just after listening to this podcast is think of anything anything at all you know let's start with relationships because they're a huge part of humanity what what are your confinements or parameters and definitions of a relationship you know i mean the whole same-sex marriage uh interracial marriages intercultural marriages Look at those, because those are the most popular politically. Ask yourself what you think about those and go, why do I think that? Was that given to me and I just accepted it? Did I get that thought from grandma and grandpa? Did I get it from dad? Did I get it from church? You know, mm -hmm. and do I really believe that? Yeah. How do I feel about that? And there's where you need to be totally honest with yourself because allowing yourself to be totally honest with yourself is the real key to very fast expansive spiritual growth and consciousness yes and i think this is one of the most difficult parts in the spiritual growth because you want to belong to a group or you want to be accepted or you know i think the fear of rejection is one of the most deepest uh, humanity has in its core, you know, and 
I think like, yeah, stepping outside of what you had believed as a kid and what your parents have told you or your family or your cultural uh, background is so important because I have seen that also in myself, you know. So I was raised in Spain and it's, uh, yeah, like conservative country in a way, you know, how they think about sexuality. The church was there for many years in a very strong way, uh, very powerful position. So, of course, and at that time when I was a kid, you know, so I was also in a Catholic school and the way I they told us, you know, how life works and all that. So you start having this perceived reality and then you have to act according to that perceived reality, you know, and then when you grow as an adult and then you start seeing other things, um, asking yourself, okay, is this really making me happy? For example, you know, I, I was in a monogamous relationship and I was feeling happy with that person, but I wanted to explore something outside of that, you know? And then it came a lot of programming for myself because my perceived reality was that the normal thing is just to live in a monogamous relationship and just live sexuality like that, you know? And then I realized, okay, I am not acting according to my personal truth, you know? So my accepted reality is not really what it's making me happy. So I have to change one step before that change my perceived reality, then I change how I act. So my accepted reality. And I think it's, yeah, a very huge step for many people because it, because it means maybe to change your whole lifestyle. Maybe you have to let go a, a partner that was with you for many years or, you know, or changing your idea of future, you know, how a family is supposed to be or a partner or relationship you know so yeah it's a huge step to do you know you might not just lose a partner you might lose a group of people uh, yeah completely change your social environment but look at but look at how much wasted time and energy yeah well starting let's say puberty adolescence your hormones and your feelings are telling you one thing, but now you have the church and society pushing you down. Yeah. It goes into the fear, guilt, and shame. So now what you're actually doing is rejecting yourself, condemning yourself. So that's a form of spiritual and conscious suicide. Then you get to this point like, okay, so now I have the boyfriend. Now we get to the point and we do this. Oh, time's passing we should probably have get married and have children now oh we haven't bought a house yet yeah. you haven't been promoted at your job and stress stress more stress and then finally the people like we see an appointment i have it all how come i'm not happy yeah and now it's like driving down the road that was the wrong road for you now you have to turn around and get really directions but you don't know where you are yeah and that's where we come in to help people. Like it's it's okay. This is not your fault. And that's the main thing. Don't tell people. Do not blame yourself for going down that road. All the signs told you you were supposed to turn down that road and drive that highway. That's not your fault. Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy what we do for acceptance, right? <laughs> to belong. 
good. And that's something we have to look at because people go, why, why? In early humanity, rejection meant death. Mm. If they pushed you out of the clan or the tribe, you died. Only until very recently in humanity can we be independent, truly independent in our life. And so it takes a long time to break that because that gets born into us that fear of rejection so again but there's always hope hope for a positive change yeah and i mean for example on your site on their native american site that um so they allow you to be more really your true self right in those ancient mm -hmm. ways of of living but is there also a third time grade of programming there or perceived reality that do, does not fit into the individual? Because we think like, oh yeah, Asian people, it was everything perfect and they live so, but it must be something also as well. <laughs> and probably, you know, it does not work 100%. One of the things was the warrior mentality mm. because it was a very warring nation as most continents were. Uh, war brides capturing uh, women to be sex slaves for your younger man or yourself or whatever, to be traded, to be um, sold as slaves. Mm. But you also have to look at when people say Native Americans, that's everywhere from Central American North yeah. to Central American South. So Uh, and then on just within the boundaries of the United States, you have east of the Mississippi River were more matriarchal, where west was more patriarchal. So leadership and female leadership on the east side, male leadership dominantly on the west side. So we have to look at that part. Yeah. Mm -hmm. so I can speak from my genetics, you know, but still they, they took slaves and they burned people alive as war trophies and there was a dark past too. There was also the part that was a lot of them were anti-white because of the history, because of someone. Yeah. And these things, these prejudices and racisms and things like that, they get passed down. And a lot of times as a form of survival. And that's part of the perceived reality. You know, these people are crazy. These people are bad. If you want to be, if you want to be blah, 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 you have to be this way. And so their perceptions of strength and survivability also became somewhat racist in one ways, narrow-minded in some. Mm, yeah. Um, it takes a real strong person to admit their truth, accept them, their truth to themselves first, but then also project it out. Yeah. That's what I call a real spiritual uh, victory when you can go, hey, this is me. And yeah. Mm, okay. Yeah. And have you ever walked away from a shamanic clan because you really didn't fit into their perceived reality or maybe they, you know, they had some mentality that you really, really didn't resonate with? Yeah. I mean, I still have these arguments with these people that mm. shamanism is all about the spirits all about your totem animals all about i'm like well yeah you know i grew up with that you know and remember a lot of people in the shamanic teachers usually get into this stuff maybe five ten years ago and go out and be a teacher you know so 
and they're adamant in what I call mythology or nursery rhymes. But the truth is, and these are the people that I walk away from, and I say, no, you have to talk to the spirits in this direction and do these. It's like, no, I don't. You know, how about physics? How about uh, chemistry? Why don't we look at the consciousness behind that? You know, and so I'm, I've been ostracized. <laughs> I've been, yeah, uh, yeah, you know. okay. But to me, it, well, yeah, I can go on with it, <laughs> but it's just, <laughs> but this is why I love, you know, like talking with you, you know, to your chemical engineering background, and you can kind of like look at the mystery of why things work the way they do, and that is real, that's 21st century shamanism. Yeah, exactly, because I like to have both sides, you know, of course, there are things that we cannot explain or we don't understand, but you know, you feel them. That's true. But there are other, other, the other part is that I would like to know why this is that way, you know, or the chemistry of things, even the plants, when we take some herbs for something, you know, what is the chemical principle that makes that in your body, you know? So this is also for me, you know, is the language of mother earth you know because she provides all the chemicals everything so it's just understanding her language into your body you know so that's why for me it's very beautiful to understand science in that way in a spiritual way you know look at isn't this kind of programming too when we say oh but i can't explain it i just feel it mm. why, why isn't i just feel it a good enough explanation mm. Yeah, sometimes it's just enough when you are doing, for example, healing with someone, you know, you cannot say I did this because this and, and this, you know, it's not just I, I feel it. I had this sudden realization. I have to do this and I did it and it worked. So it was enough because the results were good, you know, and I could help the person. So sometimes we don't need to know absolutely everything. See, and, and that's why if you can get the person that's the academic and the scientist that also has a strong spiritual shamanic side, these people are the gateways. You know, um, when I talk to a biochemist in Hungary about, you know, what we do, like examples just like that, mm. her thing is, well, you, you can tell the person the story that they can accept and the spine does the rest. Okay, so that's half of that process. The other half is, where do we get the vi visions from? How do we get the visions? Yes. That in itself is a, is a great mystery. Yeah, the, the other people go, oh, well, your spirit guide told you. Where's the proof? You know, uh, I mean, if it, send, if it sends me a map, if my spirit guide texts me, <laughs> <laughs> Look, my spirit guide thinks, you know, this is what we're going to do today. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or we just have to accept it. Yeah, but you know, even even science is saying now that everything around us is just information, you know? It's just vibration, vibration that contains all the information of everything in the universe, you know? So this is how it feels for me sometimes when i'm doing shamanic practices and suddenly i i draw a symbol that 
my logical mind is like, I don't know why, but it feels right for this moment, you know? So uh, for me, I think that it's like tapping into this universal field of information and putting put it in or solidifying in a way in the matter, you know, as a symbol, as a, I don't know, a ritual, as a just mantra or something that you say, words, you know, same thing. Mm -hmm. So you are working as a channel between the universal field of information and the 3D world, you know? And with that, I think it it's my belief, my perception, that the more that you can clear out the perceived realities that are not in your personal truth, mm -hmm. yeah. the more you're able to receive more or expanded consciousness to be able to integrate with the universal knowledge. Yes, you, yes. You want to know something, you want to work with someone, you, your desires. So th this is where that whole law of attraction thing kind of really fell short. You know, they just had a, a very linear, you know, um, baseline with that. And I think it's more spherical. So once you really clear yourself out and you're really aligned with your truth, mm -hmm. now a lot more can come to you. Yes. Yes, I was just about to, to say that also, Hawk, that I feel the more you clear yourself from um, all programs and the more your perceived reality goes along with your true and with the way you act, yeah, the more you can start feeling these things very clearly. Even though if at the beginning you don't understand or you think like they are just coincidence, but slowly, you know, I have seen this year, especially, that, yeah, I have, like, taken off so many layers of all perceived realities, that how things work, especially, like, things that I thought they were impossible to happen, you know, or also being very, very honest to myself, as you were saying at the beginning, I think it's very important, because sometimes we try to say, no, I don't have that issue. <laughs> it's like you're not being honest to yourself, you know, and this is so important. But the more you clear your perceived reality, really, you can see your healing abilities to grow, your intuition, and even just how you flow in life and you feel happier, you know, even if you have the same circumstances around you, but the way you feel is very different. See, you're right. And think about just how far you've gone in the short time you've been in shamanism. Mm. Right? And then you look at the, the everyday people. They spend a lot of time and money on courses. Yeah. Okay? So it's like, so what? If, the, if you don't have the storage space, it's like you go out and buy a lot of programs for your computer, all right? But you have a lot of programs that are running at the same time. Yes, yes. integrate that. Yeah, I feel it's like, like you have a limited space, you know, books or whatever it is. You have to take some out, 
you have to make some space before you put new information because if you start just learning new things and I, I love to learn things, you know, and read books and all that. But I realized that I need to clean up some things in myself as well in order to understand those informations. Even now I am reading books that I bought you know, three or four years ago. And at that time I was feeling like overwhelming reading this, this, this knowledge, you know, and I could not really grasp it, understand it, you know, <laughs> and now I'm reading again and it's like, wow, now it's so obvious. Of course, this, this, this is like that, you know, and <laughs> so, yeah, because I clean myself. Yeah. You defrag your hard drive, your personal hard drive. <laughs> yeah. Because otherwise, you can also have these programs that are non-compatible. Yeah. You know, this program just will not operate with this one. They can't run at the same time. Which one are you going to uninstall? You know, either don't don't buy this if you're not going to use it. But the, the way I see people going around doing all these courses are what I call guru junkies. They go to this guru, then they go to that guru. <laughs> They're trying to get all this information. They're, they're virtue signaling. I am spiritual. I go to all these courses. However, mm. I do not want to uninstall all my programs. Mm. Otherwise, I'll get rejected by my friends, family, get fired from my job, blah, 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 lose my relationship. But yeah. I'm so spiritual. I'm going to more courses and more retreats. Where the reality of it is, if you spend that time period of just maybe two years the very first part of the shamanic apprenticeship and then defragging and deleting all the programs that just don't serve your truth then all this other stuff just comes to you because nature does not tolerate a void you dig a hole nature will fill it up yeah you know the water dirt whatever but the same thing when you create the void already have what you want there just like i'm going to install this program okay well, i have to uninstall this and reboot same process in here and yeah. so it's and it's a constant process of updating yes you have to be okay with that yeah well i think in the next episode also we can talk about the spiritual ego now that you say that <laughs> Because I'm seeing that also so much in the spiritual scene and it's something to, yeah, just to check from time to time. And also when you are working with, with new people, you know, how you feel around them. So, yeah, this is, I think, one thing that we can talk next. But, yeah, just to summarize what we talked today, I think, yeah, we covered a lot of things in a very short time. But it's so interesting that I think... Yeah, we can uh, do another episode on more on the part of reprogramming and creating the void, filling it with new information, how you can do that step by step. But uh, yeah, so to wrap up, it was universal reality, perceived and accept, accepted reality. Those three things that uh, influence our life and how we see yeah, the perception of life and reality around us. And also how it either can encourage or restrict yeah. your your dreams and ambitions for your future and development. Yeah. So, yeah, that was quick. Yeah. Okay. Maybe if I can get over there, we can do a workshop on it. 
Yeah, actually it feels so short, <laughs> this podcast for this topic, <laughs> but we can cover other parts of that in the next one. So thank you very much, Hawk, for today. It was a pleasure to be here with you. It was a pleasure with you. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah, see you in the next one. Sounds good. <laughs> Bye-bye. Bye.